0: This is Michael Johnson, and on today's podcast, we're going to have a discussion between Michael Folkers, who is the Senior Product Manager for Acrobat with a focus on the AEC community, and John Mobies, who recently moved to Creighton Barrel from the Good, Fulton, and Farrell Company. So I'm going to hand it off to Michael and to John. Uh, welcome both of you to the podcast. Great.
1: Thanks. thanks. Well, good morning, John. Good morning, Michael. Um, We've been talking for a couple of years, so uh, it's uh, really great to have you this morning. Thanks for joining us. No problem. wanted to talk to you a bit about uh, your recent move over to Crate and Barrel. It was uh, made possible by some really tremendous success. You had at good Fulton and Farrell. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. Okay. Um, so I think let's start off with uh, maybe at a high level, can you describe what it was that Crate and Barrel found so attractive about the Goodfellow and Farrell solution
0: uh, that caused them to bring you over. Well, I guess at the at the highest level, what Crate was very interested in implementing was the strategy that we uh, developed at Goodfulton and Farrell for analyzing our internal workflow. So we, we started working with them really in 1995 But by 1998, the the pressure on us to produce projects faster and at a higher level of quality was becoming so uh, severe that we really had to look internally at at what we did and analyze it, develop metrics on it, and figure out how we could do it faster. And we, we over, you know, between 1998 and, and 2006, we, you know, reduced schedules on our end from 24 weeks to eight weeks and really had some, some uh, corollary cost reductions as well. And you know, we were able to measure that and prove it out. And, you know, I was able to take that to Crate and Barrel and say, we've done this on the AE side, and we're kind of small potatoes compared to the grand scheme of things in your operation. Why don't we do it for you guys? And uh, that's when they really started listening um, me and uh, asked me to come on board with them internally. Well, that's a fantastic uh, validation that the process you
1: put in place at Goodfult and Farrell really worked. Twenty-four weeks to eight weeks, that's
0: really dramatic. How did you come up with that? Um, well, it wasn't easy, and it wasn't quick. Uh, we had to really do a lot of forensic analysis on, on what we did from 8 o'clock in the morning till 6 p.m. at night. And a lot of it was really studying uh, sort of time-honored approaches to our workflow and questioning them. Uh, an example, you know, in, in 1998, when we received a request for information from a contractor, it was via a fax, maybe overnight delivery, and we just sent it back via the fax machine or sent it back via FedEx. And we said, why, did, why do we have to do that? That takes 24 hours you know, to turn that around, why don't we uh, scan that fax, create a, an Acrobat file of it, and email it back to the contractor, and he can have it back in an hour. Well, not only does the contractor profit from that uh, in terms of time savings, but we save time, too. It takes a lot more time to walk across the office, pick up a fax, take it back over to your desk, write it, and take it back over to the fax machine and send it back out. That's just, a, you know, a very crude time and motion study. Uh, by um, converting that process from hard copy centric to digital centric, you're able to save a lot of time. And that's just one example. I mean, we, we came up with 50, 65 different examples of that type of workflow, and we just started working diligently to, to transform all that workflow from hard copy paper-based to what I call pixel-based. And we saw, you know, over within about two years, just a, a real dramatic savings in, in time, you know, day-to-day, bread-and-butter time uh, as, as working architects. And we we're able to, you know, reduce our, our project schedules from 24 weeks to 8 weeks. But we we're also able to take that, that saved time and sort of pump it back into our documents to produce better drawings, better specifications. That's fantastic. So
1: we've talked about time uh, savings and certainly delivery is important to the owner in terms of delivery time back. Were there any hard costs associated with a project that Goodfold and Farrell would take on uh, that was changed by the adoption of this process?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there are several. I mean, the, the most um, dramatic were in our printing and shipping costs. What a lot of people don't un- really don't know about the the AEC industry is that you know when you you may hire an architect or an engineer to produce drawings and specifications for you for a fixed fee but all of the the printing of the of the documents all of the shipping of the documents that's a, in addition to the fixed fee we call those reimbursable costs and not only does the architect do that but the engineer does that and the contractors and subcontractors who are building the project do that so so all of the transmission of the product project information uh, costs the owner. And you know, when you're in a hard copy world, it costs money to actually produce the document you know, that goes from the computer into hard copy, and then it costs money to move that hard copy all over the country. And you know, in, the, in the 90s, especially the late 90s, what we saw was as you know, gas prices started to really evolve higher uh, into something that they hadn't been before. Um, that impacts jet fuel. And most transmission is done via FedEx and UPS and airborne. So as jet fuel prices, you know, skyrocketed, we were spending two or three times on overnight deliveries than we were spending 10 years prior to that say, the late 80s. And that had a big impact on our cost. So by, you know, late 99, 2000, you know, we were spending upwards of you know, $30,000, $35,000 on a typical project just to move the documents around the country. And probably our peak was right around 2000 when, you know, we had a, you know one project came in at $45,000 worth of um, shipping and printing for an $8 million building. Um, wow. So over the next, you know, two years, as we really uh, streamlined our approach to uh, pixel-based or digital-based workflow, you know, uh, we were able to reduce that, you know, uh, historical high of 45,000 to 5,000, and you know, we've run at a three to five thousand typical cost, you know, for about the last three years.
1: Out of those projects, those uh, three to five thousand dollar projects have um, similar characteristics in terms of the teams and how they're geographically dispersed.
0: They're all similar. They're you know wide dispersion of of project team uh, members, so they're all across the country and uh, the project sites are all across the country as well.
1: Okay, so from 45,000 to $5,000 in reimbursable costs just on shipping and printing alone. Yes, and that was from moving to an electronic Acrobat workflow. Mhm.
0: Um,
1: well, that's fantastic. A lot of uh customers when I first approach them or speak with them, they uh their impression is that Acrobat is primarily for creation. It's clear that you've discovered a lot of value beyond that. Um, why don't we dig a little deeper? Why don't we take a sample workflow and see how that shapes up? Um, I believe one that we've talked about in the past that you had some uh, significant changes to your process was the submittals workflow. you want to
0: describe that in some detail? Sure. I mean, uh, just a quick, you know, synopsis of what the submittal process is. You know, when you're you're building the project, the, the subcontractor is taking the contract documents and transforming them into construction documents. And that transformation is accomplished via the submittal process. So we draw a door in the contract documents and the subcontractor then provides submittal information on what he is going to provide in actuality for that door. So we may draw a door and he's going to put together a submittal package containing uh, actual factory drawings of that door. What kind of hardware is going to be on that door? What color is that door going to be? And he sends it to us for review, and we review it. We may make corrections. We may reject it completely because it's, it's not a door. It's a window, and uh, send it back, or we may approve it and release him for final fabrication. Uh, all of that historically has been done via hard copy. So our hard copy drawings and hard copy specifications are printed numerous times, sent to the subcontractor, uh, via the general contractor uh, for review and incorporation into the project. And then the submittal information is sent back via hard copy through the general contractor through the consulting architects and engineers for review, uh, markup, what we call redlining where you make corrections in red and then sent back to the general contractor and back to the subcontractor. And so you see this sort of circular process that's happening in in the transfer of data. Well, each one of those instances of transfer in a hard copy world costs the owner money because, as we explained with reimbursables, uh, every time you're printing a document and shipping the document, you have to charge for that. And ultimately, the owner pays those charges, normally with a 10% markup per person. So it's not just the cost of the reimbursable. there, there, There are additional fees added onto that by the various players. Well, what we realized we could do in the submittal process is put all of that into Acrobat. So we rewrote our specifications to require the subcontractor to send his submittal package to us via email or a website in Acrobat format. So he's not generating any cost back to the owner when he starts his submittal process. So instead of costs being generated by the subcontractor, then the general contractor, then the architect, and then back down the cycle, there's no cost, you know, for all of that distribution of the data. It's via the internet. That's basically free. And and, and the internet is really the vehicle. But the uh, I take that back. The internet is the roadway. Acrobat is the vehicle. You know that that drives on that roadway of of data transmission. And once we realized, you know, how this could work. You know, on a couple of test uh, specification sections, we wrote all of our specification sections, you know, there are hundreds of them, on a typical project to require that same workflow. So in the past, you know, it's eight or nine years ago, during the submittal process, you had three or four FedEx packages sitting your desk a day. Now you have none. Uh, really, only, only hard samples are... Um, sent via overnight, and sometimes if it's, a, if it's a very minor type of sample, we either request that it, you know, photographed and sent to us in, in digital photograph format or just kept on the site because we've realized, you know, that that's not a critical part of our workflow right now. Um, and we've moved everything else on to Fantastic.
1: So, fantastic.
0: And we've also realized that, you know, that that redlining process uh, where you know we're we're correcting a document, you know, really with a red sharpie pen, uh, or you know, a felt tip pen, that can be done in Acrobat too. And it's actually more efficient to do it in Acrobat, even though it may take you, you know, a couple of lunch times to learn the actual tools. You know, Acrobat has a, a really nice uh, palette of tools now for AEC markup. It's got cloud tools that allow us to cloud areas for revision, arrow tools to alert you know, viewers to specific things we want to show them, highlighting tools to, you know, make a point. Um, and we're able to mark up a document uh, quickly with the with these markup tools that Acrobat has. And then you don't have to transfer the marks either. Uh, normally a submittal package has multiple copies of the same document. You may have as few as four. You, have a, you may have as many as 40 copies of it. And one of the burdens that the architectural and engineering community faces in the submittal process is that all of those copies have to be um, marked as well. So the lead architect will mark one copy, and then you've got to take maybe a whole other day to transfer those marks, and that's incredibly tedious uh, and boring. And with Acrobat, you can mark one copy and send that back, and then multiple copies can be printed of of that one marked copy for all the other team members that need them. So it's incredibly efficient from a time perspective uh, for everybody involved in the process.
1: It sounds like you guys get to do stuff that you really want to do rather than uh, the tedium, if you will.
0: Yeah, we didn't go to school for that long to uh, just to transfer marks.
1: Absolutely. So what about, uh, we've talked about submittals a little bit. Are you guys, uh, what are you using for archive? Are you using the paper or are you using the
0: uh, PDF? Uh, We were using paper up until about uh, 99. And then, again, what we realized was that as other technology was advancing with Acrobat, you know, DVD-burning technology was advancing to the point where we could afford it. And our understanding about how to set up um, file structures and a really good backbone system to house and and find data was improving. Uh, We turned to Acrobat, sort of our solution to archive. And the reason we did that was that, you know, we, it's funny, you know, we generate uh, most of our business with repeat clients. Uh, So up to 85% of our yearly business are with clients that we have a longstanding relationship with. And they come back to us and ask for project data for projects that have been built 10, 15, five years ago. And we need to retrieve that data from our archives. If it's a hard copy-based archiving system, those archives not, aren't necessarily secure. They're susceptible to damage, you know, fire damage, water damage, uh, mold damage you know, in the archiving uh, repositories. And they're also tedious to go retrieve. Um, it's, it's often the case that the wrong box is brought back from secure archives. And it can take weeks. In '98, we were telling a client, it, it may take us two weeks to retrieve your project data. Uh, once we went over to the Acrobat system, though, all of our archives were on uh, initially on CDs, and then as our project got bigger, DVDs, and then actually uh, tape backup. And now we can retrieve that project information, you know, within minutes, and that helps the client out because you know if they're if they're dealing with a. Uh, You know, a a, a problem with their building, and, you know, they're either in a discovery process or they're trying to get documents to their property underwriter, they don't want to wait two weeks. They need that stuff right away, and we want to be able to give it to them right away. Acrobat's probably the best solution for accomplishing that.
1: That's good stuff. So it sounds like that's actually good stuff for both the AE firm and the owner in that case. Absolutely. Um, What about, I, I seem to recall you guys had some innovative usage of stamps at your firm.
0: We got into using stamps um, really, I think, with uh, version 5. We were experimenting with it in version 5, but it really took off in in version 6 and became part of our standard workflow in version 7. And what, you know, Agrobats always had some neat stamps to mark a document approved and, um, you know, just do general visual um, disclaimers to a document. But, you know, in, in architecture and engineering, you have some stamps that are very critical that they not change their their graphic content or their their text content. So, say like my professional registration stamp for the state of Texas. You know that's a stamp that needs to look exactly the way the state has told me it shall look. And you know uh, normally that's meant I have to have a rubber ink stamp and stamp my drawings with that stamp. With the new uh, custom stamp tools that you have in uh, 7 Professional. You can create your own you know, registration seal, plug that into Acrobat, and seal your documents in Acrobat you know, with the signature. You can actually set the stamps up so that if uh, that document is changed, if it's copied, if it's altered, your registration seal will become void. And it's a tremendous level of security that you suddenly have with a digital uh, stamp that you don't have with a live stamp. Uh, we use that to really good effect with the submittal process. Again, anybody familiar with that process knows that uh, everybody involved, from the contractor to the engineers to the architects, have submittal stamps that have contractually important language in that stamp that limits the, the, the liability of the review happening in the document. Well, again, we normally get all of that uh, language on the, the drawing by an ink stamp with Acrobat, we could create our own custom stamp, get all of that important document on the stamp, and actually add radio buttons to the stamp to improve the speed of, of marking that uh, that review uh, status on that stamp, and then create a little you know mini workflow within Acrobat that's a lot faster than stamping it in real life. Um, another use of custom stamps that we figured out a couple of years ago is that. You know, a stamp doesn't have to be a stamp. I mean, it doesn't have to be kind of a digital version of an ink stamp. It could be anything. Anything can be, any any PDF can be created into a stamp and added to another PDF. Um, an example is, again, when we're reviewing submittals, we like to add drawings sometimes to submittals, uh, and that's hard to do with the, with the markup palette. Markup palette does really, you know, it does some things extremely well, um, but it doesn't let you add drawings. It doesn't let really, it's not a real graphic, you know, drawing-friendly tool palette. Uh, but with the stamp tool, you can, you can draw, you know, a nice drawing, little sketch, scan it to Acrobat, create a custom stamp of it, and then add it to the submittal page that you're reviewing, and it looks like you drew that sketch on that submittal when the contractor prints it out. And if you know you need to make you need to make a revision to that sketch, you just delete the stamp and add a new one. And again, you you have the same protection that you have with registration stamps. You can set that sketch up so that if anybody else alters that document after you've reviewed it, the sketch will disappear. Um, it's pretty interesting, you know, what you can do with the stamps. I've even you know taken digital pictures and created them uh, created uh, stamps from the digital pictures to add to other documents to make the documents either have greater uh, graphic impact or to do things as simple as add a photograph of yourself for a recipro- reciprocity document. It's a, it's a nice tool.
1: Well, as a product manager, I continue to be inspired when I talk about, talk to you about uh, the product and how you guys are using it. Um, I, you continue to amaze me. There were a couple areas there that I hadn't actually heard you talk about before, so that's great. So. We talked about the submittal process that's uh, and earlier in our conversation we talked about there being 45 discrete processes that Goodfulton and Farrell had identified as being candidates for process improvement, if you will. and mm-hmm. I'm assuming submittal was only one of them. Um, of those 45, how many do you think were influenced by or improved by an acrobat solution in your environment?
0: Almost all of them. Um, you know Acrobat is now uh, integral. To our entire process, really, because we don't we don't create things only to keep them. You know, we we create almost everything that we do in order to send it to somebody. So again, Acrobat becomes the vehicle that's driving on the roadway. And since you know uh, everything we do needs to be sent to somebody else, uh, it's always leaving our office in some form of Acrobat. Now it may be as simple as converting a file to Acrobat, like we do with our CAD platforms, um, or as complex as a submittal document, where uh, not only is it a not only has it been created in PDF, but lots of markups have been at, added in Acrobat, and a lot of additional content has been added in uh, Acrobat. Um, so we're, there's probably um, very few of our internal uh, processes that we haven't, you know, in some way put into an Acrobat workflow. One of the things we did recently in the last, you know, maybe 18 months was to look at our invoicing, uh, which has been very paper-based for a long time, and go to our sub-consultants who work for us, our structural engineers and civil engineers, and say, guys, you know, it's taking you weeks to send us an invoice um, and we need this for our, for our billings. Make it into an Acrobat file and email it to us. Don't you know, let this email hang in uh, either overnight mail or snail mail or fax form anymore. Assemble your invoicing in an Acrobat, scan all the backup and the reimbursable data, and email it to us. And we've seen huge reductions in turnaround time getting invoices paid to the point now, you know, when I was at Good Fulton and Farrell, we were starting to encourage our larger corporate clients like Crate to allow us to send them our invoice in PDF format uh so that you know we could we could speed up the process of uh our accounts receivable and we noticed that um, a lot of issues that happen in um, getting invoices resolved revolved around uh backup you know for reimbursable charges not being accurate or missing and in a hard copy process that takes weeks or months to resolve and that's time you're not getting paid you know by your client or your client's not getting paid by a landlord and it's difficult and often acrimonious to resolve. And in an Acrobat's you know setup, you know if, if you're missing a, a page of backup from you know a, an overnight trip, you can as, you can assemble that in minutes, reformat the invoice and re-email it, uh, and get that question resolved, you know, within the same hour sometimes. So that's a, another process that we sort of looked at internally and said, why are we still doing it this way? You know, there's why don't we get the same savings that we got in the submittal process or the, the RFI process on invoicing? And, um, you know, there, there are other areas, too, that we're starting to think about in terms of marketing and human resources that would probably benefit from, you know, little bits or a lot of bits of, of Acrobat. That's
1: great. Yeah, the um, AEC uh, for the Acrobat uh, the Acrobat product itself sits in the Knowledge Worker Business Unit, and we tend to think of, of folks like accountants that are dealing with accounts receivable and, and stuff like that, but as an AEC product manager, I rarely think of those things. I, I tend to focus on the more technical product features. So, it's good to hear that the firm has expanded its usage across the board. That's the that's part of the broader story we try to tell. Um, we've talked mostly today about the AE uh, experience. With Acrobat, an improvement that you uh, saw in that environment, but clearly Creighton Barrel hired you, uh, I believe, to come replicate that experience across all of their suppliers. So, relative to the AE community, how do you size the opportunity for
0: improvement with an Acrobat solution for the owner community? Well, it's it's um, it's interesting. I've been. Uh... I've been amazed, you know, coming to the owner side uh, over the last month and a half at the potential. And I think it's it's the difference between, you know, standing in the fishing boat and looking at a pond and standing in a ship and looking at an ocean in terms of, you know, the vastness of potential from the owner side for a lot of things, really for Im- improvement of workflow uh, because the owner side uh, is – Still very paper based. Um, If anything, I think the owners have been watching the rest of the AEC community—the architects, the engineers, the contractors—you know—evolve this digital process like we were doing at um, at GFF. But I don't think they've really been participating in it. I don't think that. I think they're a little behind. And when you look at the that you know the enormity of the costs that the owner is really in charge of. Uh, the owner has the the greatest amount to benefit from and that's um, one of the things I'm the most excited about about now you know really being the owner is to leverage that on the owner side I mean if we could if, if, if GFS could save you know forty thousand dollars over a couple of years on a couple of projects um, now I've got 20 projects and you know so that's that's a, a very large project uh, Pool of, of money that we could be saving if we take sort of the, the workflow approach that we developed at GFF and, and implement it on a corporate level, um, but also that you know there are other there are other areas that w- we could benefit from aside from just the you know, savings on reimbursables. You know we're you know I'm looking at a process that again that sometimes limits our growth. Uh, as a as a as an owner because we can't get any more capacity out of it, in other words you know we're asked now to to maybe open eight or nine properties in a year, and historically we've only been able to open five well again, if we take the same mindset we took at g f f where we said well you know at g f f we were asked to go from uh you know twenty four weeks to eight weeks uh how do we do this and we took the same you know we we analyzed our our workflow, and he found opportunities to to really save a lot of time. We just have to do the same thing on the owner side now, and it's a much larger workflow. But in some respects, the the opportunities, you know, for savings are three and four times probably what they are on just the AE side of the industry. So it's it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: And that's uh, three or four times opportunity across all suppliers. So. Just in time and dollars, that sounds tremendous. There,
0: there, there will be a, a multiplier effect, you know, when you can apply it to suppliers, uh, national account vendors, all your contractors, all your consulting engineers, um, all of your, you know, confederated landlords and uh, property managers, you know, to, to to expedite the process.
1: So, I mean, let's be honest about that, though. You, uh, in your goodful and Feral role, you probably had more. Well, actually, let me just ask you the question: Did you have more uh, capability to say this is what our software and process solution is at good and Farrell, or do you feel like you're going to have more control over that at Crate?
0: I'll have. Um, well, I, I was sort of uniquely blessed at Fulton and Farrell to be able to sort of call call my own shots, especially you know on the on the Crate and Barrel work that I oversaw. Um, you know, but that was just the Crate and Barrel work and, uh, you know, that I oversaw at Goodfulton and Farrell. And as we expanded that workflow, you know, within Goodfulton and Farrell, we were able to get a lot more of it, you know, switched over to Acrobat. And that was largely from um, my vision on the on the Crate project. At Crate and Barrel, though, I can now sort of enforce, uh, hopefully, a, a, a benevolent owner mandate where I can say, look, okay, I'm, I don't have to persuade and... And beg as many people to, to do it this way. As long as I can prove that we're getting the same financial returns that we got at, at Good Fulton and Farrell, it'll just be the way we do business. Uh, you know, so the politics are a little bit different on the owner side. You know, when you can demonstrate savings, it it's hard for that not to become the norm uh, on the AE side because of some of the inherent conservatism you know that um, architects and engineers have about their workflow. It's a little, it's a little more difficult, um, you know. And the, the profit argument, the efficiency argument, is sometimes um, overwhelmed by the historical precedent argument that you run into on AE firms. Owners don't have that, that kind of mentality. You know, here at Crate and Barrel, if we can open eight stores a year, which are you know three more than we can typically open because we've streamlined our workflow, nobody will contest how we're doing that.
1: I remember talking uh in a prior life uh to folks that were running large programs of commercial properties and the term they used was uh time to revenue weeks mm-hmm. or maybe it was revenue weeks was the specific term they used is that something you guys use at Crate and Barrel
0: Yeah, we use similar terms, but you know they they all mean the same thing. How long is it taking us to open a facility so that it can start generating revenue? Mm-hmm. And um, All of these, um, you know, terms are uh, really lying on top of of different types of workflow. So we have to look at our workflow and say, okay, you know, does it really need to take us 40 weeks to deliver this property into the revenue stream? Or, you know, can we get it done in 32 weeks? Can we ultimately get it done in 24? Uh, We all struggle with the same thing on the owner side.
1: So basically, at that point, you become a partner to help the overall corporation realize its overall business objectives. Exactly. Well, uh, there really is no greater testimonial than that. Um, I think I'm running out of questions for you today, John. I feel like I've already gotten uh, quite a bit of your time, which is quite valuable. Um, Any parting comments before we go, or you got any questions for me?
0: Uh, Well, you know, I have lots of questions about what's coming out in the future, you know, with with Acrobat. We're, um, you know, on both the AE side and now the owner side, we're really looking forward to leveraging Acrobat in the 3D world. And, you know, that's just starting to come out with you guys, and we've been really excited to see how it's developing. Um, And we're anxious to see it probably develop more in the, the AE side of things, um, then on the manufacturing side. So we're we're waiting with bated breath to, to really launch into Acrobat 3D because a lot of our other workflow is rapidly moving into 3D, both on the design side, the documentation side, and now uh, owner-driven uh, areas like facilities management, inventory control are starting to to use you know processes like building information modeling. So Hopefully, you know Acrobat can become again another one of these standard vehicles that we use to transfer that 3D information around to all of our parties.
1: Well, we'd sure like it to be. Um, you you hit on it well. In as much as Acrobat 3D, the product was aimed at a manufacturing customer originally, um, but Acrobat 3D is a horizontal product uh, which could have applications across industries. And we've got AE firms that are already using Acrobat 3D today in their workflows. And with luck, what we can do over time is go talk to customers and hear what they have to say and shape it in a way that makes sense for them for usage in their electronic workflows moving forward. Um, we'd certainly like to help you do that with Crate. We're ready. All right. Um, well, we do have another product in the pipe. Uh, and uh, I know with your move to Crate from Goodfold and Farrell, uh, you haven't actually had a chance to spend a lot of time with that product, but it's Acrobat 8 Professional. Um, we are releasing that product. Uh we're in the midst of launching it now. We announced it last week. Um should be available for ship very soon. Uh with that comes a lot of activity, uh one of which is that I'm going to launch a blog uh on uh blogs.adobe.com for the AEC professionals. So that's one thing that'll uh be coincident with the launch. Um, We have had a site, uh, had an area of the Adobe site called uh, www.adobe.com slash AEC for the uh, architecture, engineering, and construction professional, but owners as well. And I don't know why we don't just say AECO. Maybe we should uh, begin to at some point in the future. And then finally, uh, with regard to uh, launch activity, there is what we call an acrobat in action launch tour that's happening right now and there's a couple ways that you can get access to that one is through e-seminars or you can go to that aec portion of the adobe site like i mentioned a minute ago and find out whether there's a acrobat in action launch tour in your city and in your case john i know that there is one um... chicago will be hosting one i believe on october thirty first um, but for other cities go up to the site and check it out uh, for listeners. And finally, John, I just want to thank you a lot for your time today. We're really, uh, again, I continue to be inspired uh, by your innovative usage of our products in your environment. So thanks again.
0: Thanks for giving me a soapbox. All right, John. You've been listening to a conversation with John Moby's who recently moved to Crate and Barrel from Good, Fulton, and Farrell, and Michael Fulkers, who's the Senior Product Manager for Acrobat with a focus on AEC communities at Adobe. For more information, go to www.adobe.com slash AEC.